The show that is Dave and Giggles on Radio Free Brooklyn. Is it really 105 degrees there in London? Is it really like, is it the end it of the was, world? Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> oh, man, the, the Brits were freaking out, crazy. man. Yeah. Uh, it's are we, what, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, are we, we officially on? Are we, uh, we're, we're are we go, live? We're go, baby. We're, we're live. live. We are the Dave and Giggles show. Dave and Giggles. Uh, with Mark Chapin, right? Like Harry Chapin, but Mark Chapin. That's right. And you're not related to Harry. You're not. Well, we're all descendants of Samuel Deacon Chapin, who is from England. Yeah. So I like to think I just repatriated my family back to the, to the homeland. All right. Give us a rundown. What's, what's the weather like in London? Because right now, according to the world news, you guys are on fire. Yeah, it got pretty hot yesterday for London. Uh, it did hit around 100 degrees, I think. And uh, everybody was freaking out. People were just staying home. Like nobody was even driving. They, they and, weren't uh, even tempting. Yeah. And some fires broke out because it was dry and hot. Somebody probably had a barbecue or something. I don't know. But Is barbecue uh, a big thing in, in, in uh, London? Uh, it's not like Texas or anything right. like that. It's a more of a put, a put a steak or a burger on. They might do that kind of thing. But, Got it. But I get out my smoker. I do a, a proper, I do a I good mean, brisket. You got to represent America, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> got to represent those Chapins. All right. So let's get, let's give the background here. Uh, Mark and I haven't actually seen each other in person in over 12 years. And this is the first time we're seeing each other, but it's, it's visually, it's, it's over the computer here. But Mark uh, and I worked at the same performing arts camp called Frenchwoods. And you were head of the rock shop. Is that right? Rock so, and like, roll, baby. You got to teach kids over the summer rock and roll. And I just want to like, I, I got to say, you did this for a lot of years. I got to say like the patience it must have taken because some kids are probably were really talented musicians. And then some of them were probably just needed a little help. And you're just in there listening to that drumming and, and just with, with that. How did, how did that go? What were your choice words to be like, all right, let's work on this. Or did you... Did you coach things a little better? Uh, it was an issue of management for me. It was the biggest thing because yeah. um, I inherited the program and it grew a lot under my tutelage or whatever. Um, we got up to where we had like 60 bands a day would come just to the rock shop. And uh, there was, uh, we'd have seven year olds that had never touched an instrument before. And we'd shove them in one of these tiny rooms with drums and electric guitars. And, you know, two weeks later when they would perform, they sounded real cute. So, and then we also had like the kids that had been coming since they were seven that were, uh, you know, they didn't, I had a few kids go on to Berkeley college of music, that sort of thing. And uh, so by the time they're 17 and getting in a room is like, I want to be in that band, man. They're better than me. And uh, it's it just really cool to like watch that arc go and like, or you might have like a middle school kid that comes one year and he like hardly knows anything. Next year he shows up and he's wearing whatever the clothes are stylish for musicians at the time. And, and they've got their own instrument now. And it's just really cool to see, to see the kids take ownership of this art form. That's really cool. When I was a kid, I got, um, I was in like a guitar class where there was only like three kids in the guitar class and the uh, teacher gave me a uh, like some kind of scholarship like summer scholarship to go to guitar camp 
and I was not that good. I was it was probably like twelve years old, thirteen years old. I was just learn just starting, and uh, I got to go to the guitar clinic, which was in Connecticut at the time. And I remember John Petrucci came, and he gave like he. I remember he played um, "Since I've Been Loving You" by Zeppelin, and like did this whole like seminar thing. But I just remember him playing Zeppelin because I really liked Zeppelin at the time. Um, but it was a very uh, very uh, moment in my life where I kind of like became an adult. Because I remember I was in the uh, really, really early advanced or really early, like terrible kid class, and I was like, I'm better than these kids, I think, think. So I, I went to the teacher and I was like, I'm better than these kids, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, Fine, we'll put you in like the step up. And then I was like totally lost. <laughs> but I was just like, I, I, I had the self assurance to be like. I'm going to do this. And like, I never did that before, you know, like as an artist or whatever it was, it was the first time I was like, okay, I'm going to assert myself in an artistic way. And, uh, it totally backfired, but it was good at the moment I thought. <laughs> so there's, there's my story of guitar camp. I think it's often good to like be the worst kid in the band. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it doesn't feel good. It feels terrible, right. but like you're probably learning the most and getting the most out of it as for your growth. Yeah. Um, I remember we all played, um, we all took a solo on um, some Clapton song. I remember, I can't remember what the song was. But Sunshine I, of your love. I bet. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like one of the more bluesier songs. It was, okay. it was, it was like a, you know, 12 hour blues. It was really simple. And I remember we all took a solo and I remember like just blown it, but it was a lot of fun. You know, it was the first time I think I ever played live. So it was really a good time. But, yeah. Yeah. So, is that like kind of go, go to, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just wanted to see if that's what like you were, you're kind of doing in that camp. Yeah. I mean, it's a big performing arts camp. My daughters and wife are there right now. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it, it's all about creating the opportunity and, and an opportunity that is hard for a kid to get at home. Um, Cause we, you know, the first day we put them in a band and then, they're they're in that band and they go through the social struggles of being in a band about a week and a half in we call it band breakup day all the bands suddenly want to break up because whatever they don't they don't like what the bass player or or the pressure of the looming gig is like too much for them it's just like real life man yeah and then yeah. uh uh but it's all about the opportunity like i said it's like they can be in a band and because we had 50, 60 bands at a time, we could find a band that was playing the music at the skill level of whatever the kid was. And that was such a powerful thing. Um, and so, and then again, like I rarely worked directly with the bands because I was going around making sure everybody was showing up, making sure the staff members were doing what they needed to be doing. You know, I was in a way really just support for the, for the 20 somethings that were doing the work in the rooms. So you had some of the coolest, I got to say some of the coolest staff, like in the rock shop would be these dudes from like South Africa or New Zealand coming in there. And like, they had like the, uh, you know, the crazy hair. And like, I was like, these guys are cool, man. They're like coming to America to teach these, like these kids how to play bass and guitar. And it was, what was your it pretty... job at this, at this, uh, at the camp? Who me? Yeah. You, <laughs> I was a theater guy. <laughs> I was a, uh, I was like a theater stage director or what a stage uh, manager, not stage manager. What was I like? I forget what I was. Uh, stage manager. 
was I stage, stage manager. manager or assistant director? You know, I'd help out the directors. And then uh, I was a head counselor, which was a terrible mistake because I shouldn't be in charge. <laughs> I shouldn't be in charge of other of other counselors. I shouldn't be the one in charge. They didn't and know what then, to do with you. They were like 20 no, hours a day. Yeah. This I will have a I do have a funny head counselor story. This one guy, his he was he was do you remember Jamie? He was from Britain. But anyway, he came over and I had my own little cabin. Like I, I had a little cabin off, you know, away from the other the campers. And I was getting my hair cut by this guy named Russell, who was this Australian guy. He was like a fashionable guy. He was like a photographer. And he was like cutting my hair. And I had like a drape and I was sitting on my like little cabin. And this English guy comes up and he's like, but he just didn't understand that like I was, it looked very like regal. Like I was in the military and I was getting my hair cut. And I was in charge of all these bunks. And I, you know, I only had two bunks to be in charge of. But here I was getting my hair cut on the front porch of my little private cabin. You know, it just didn't really, you know, match up. So, uh, but yeah. And then I was a theater director. So then I directed a couple plays. And so I was in and out, you know, I wasn't a lifer, but I had, I had a great time. It was the first year I was there was like one of the best summers of my life. Cause I had just gotten back from Europe you know like I was 20 I came back from Europe sewed my oats over in Europe and then I came back and I like worked at this like you know performing arts camp with all these people from all over the world in upstate New York you know it's great it's awesome yeah, it's a pretty cool experience yeah but enough about me Mark. I was gonna say if you don't say anything he'll just keep talking uh, he so wanted it more conversational, not in, in you know, in interview. You know? That's what I'm we're going doing. with the flow. Yeah. No. Um, so, what what brought you to London? Why did you go to London? Was it the was it COVID? Is that it? Uh, no. Uh, the The long story is I married somebody. Okay. Maybe that's the short story. That was in that somebody got a job teaching music at the International School of Brussels. So we moved to Brussels. We were there for nine years. We made babies. I ended up being a stay-at-home dad during that period. Um, taught some guitar lessons on the side and did the camp thing in the summer. And then um, we just finished our sixth school year here in London, where uh, we both work at a school here in London now, where okay. I'm the I'm the theater technician. Oh, no way. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so, awesome. yeah, so that's part of what I'm doing this summer is, like, I've got access to all of our microphones and our gear and, like, some decent computers. And uh, so... I'm plugging them in and I'm making music for myself instead of helping other people make music. So just try to prove to myself I can yeah, actually right. do what I've been preaching all this yeah, time. Yeah, right. So have you come up with anything? Have you, uh, have you recorded anything? It's been so much slower than I anticipated. I was like, oh man, I got eight weeks. I'll do like a 10 song album. And I've like got one song mostly done. Well, two songs mostly done now. Okay. But I'm halfway through the summer. So I'm what, like, what on. you been doing, man? The, the ladies are gone. You've just been hanging out at the house, just plugging stuff in. That's like... it. Yeah. And it's like, like re-record this guitar track. It's wrong. Re-record. You know, it's like, and that's part of the, like, there's nobody like saying it's done. Yeah, I know. So I'm constantly just re-listening and going, nope, that's not right. And doing it again. Well, that's why so many great um, bands, first albums are the best because they spend their entire lives perfecting it. And then, you know, the second album, they're like, just get something out. The record label needs something now. Yeah. So it's just like, that, that's kind of what happens. So, and they've toured I, their song for like seven years. Exactly. So their whole album. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you want, if you want us to send us a song, we can play it. We can play one of them on the show. And then uh, 
but that's up to you. We're not going to. Yeah, that'd be you. cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to try to get something done. Though. <laughs> that's what was, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we're going to give you a deadline. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That's what I need. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Checklists and deadlines are my friend, man. Very nice. We're your producers. We're, uh, I did a, a live audit on my website with this guy just right before this show. And that was a little tough because it like some stuff needed to get worked on. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not ready. But he's like, I'll take a, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll look at somebody's website. And I gave him my website. And so. Uh, what was this live audit thing? What was it? it? He was like a designer and like a website guy and like, you know, oh. virtual design. He's like, I'll look at somebody's website if you want. I was in a webinar right before this. And uh, he's like, I'll look at somebody's website. So I put my website in the chat and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that right now. Right. <laughs> I need some updating. I'm not finished. I'm not, I'm not ready. You're never ready and you're never finished. That's true. You know, they say that, uh, uh, like salespeople say that if engineers were all in charge, they'd never, you'd never get a car made because they keep making the car better. And right. so you got to have that boss or the salesman that says it's done. We're putting it to market. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Especially with music, like you can just like really pour over it forever. You know, like there's just that one little sound that I just want to get right, you know, whatever it's going to be. It's, it's wild. So you're working on an album. What else have you been doing this summer that the, all the families away? Um, that's about it, man. Like <laughs> uh, we've got cats. I like to say my children have cats, but they seem to be my responsibility most now of the time. Do. And uh, so had to, Got to take the young cats to the vet every once in a while. Yeah. That's that's as exciting as it gets, man. What are you doing, Mike? <laughs> are you coming in this? The I'm going to, because I'm using a different thing, and I want to use my microphone, because you guys have your fancy microphones, and I don't have mine, Why so I'm going to switch it over. Well, because it didn't it didn't plug up. I was jumping from Zoom call that's to Zoom call. Shows like. We just, we just, Mike is just doing a billion different things, and we do on-air stuff, and we say, Why yeah. are you changing? What are you doing? Change comes from within, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, 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 there, and then he's gone. This is also stuff he does all the time. Um, but yeah, you uh, sent a, a list of, of things we could ruminate over, which basically we, we covered the first one, which is the struggle of an artist to be self motivated. That's really what we were just yeah, talking man. about. Yeah. Like one of the big things for me is like for years, I just had all these excuses, mm. you know, like, yeah. Uh, I don't have a band or I don't have the equipment, which not having the equipment is pretty valid, but then, yeah. um, but a little bit, you know, a microphone and a, and a little Scarlet interface and you can get quite a bit done, especially now. And right. then, and then like I had kids and I was like, Oh, well I'll get started. And the kids interrupt me and like, that's BS. Right. Well, yeah, they'll interrupt me, but, but you can come back to it. Yeah. Like I interrupt myself too. I pick up my phone right you know, you know like whatever it's, it's it's definitely there's definitely a sense of um like the amount of attention that you actually can put into something like our yeah. attention deficit is really becoming an issue um yeah. but i i i think it's really tough to say i don't know what mike's doing but it's really it's tough to say because like you look at someone who's so driven and i i kind of have a vision of that so it's like i look at like someone like trent resman right and i'm yeah. like obviously that dude could only do what he was going to do you couldn't look at trent Reznor and be like and be like okay he could have worked a desk job nine to five 
you know like he just that just doesn't that doesn't play out in my mind at least you know so like that dude was so self-driven that he he totally threw away everything else that distracted him and then just became that so like what does he have that like i don't have you know yeah and and also like i look at the old touring artists Mm -hmm. like um Paul Simon, who I think will, has now officially quit touring, his lead we'll guitarist see. and close friend died. I went to his died. last concert in Queens, which was really oh, okay. awesome. But he did do another concert since then, so who knows with him? But yeah, but uh, uh, his his daughter was actually a camper and ended up working in my department okay. when she graduated. And so I talked to her about this some, and she she'd be like, "Yeah, my dad like he gets back from a tour and he's like, oh, I don't want to do anything.' But then like a few months later, he's like, "Man, I got to get back on the road." Yeah, you know, like, and he definitely he didn't need the money. He no. didn't need the hassle of being on a tour. He just stir crazy, and he wanted it. to do something. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a need and a have to that like the regular person doesn't have. You know, I'm not saying that we don't have it, but there's a need to do something that that makes you go and do it that most people don't have. Yeah. I think for me, like the pandemic, you know, we're watching the death toll every day. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was always like, they've never done this before. I don't know how much different that is than normal. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And they're like not the doing it now. Say, I like the way you say pandemic. It's like a, it was a very southern way to say pandemic. Oh. You put the emphasis on the pan. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, my mom was from Texas. So, you know, the panhandle. You got to, I don't know. I don't, I, that was bad. I don't know where I'm going with that. No, it's all okay. We, we, we don't land all our jokes either, buddy. We were. Uh, <laughs> and what are you doing, sitting outside now? I had to step outside because they're doing drywall in the basement, so they're pounding on the the, the walls down there. I was like, that's not good for audio. That's, My, I've had a lot of audio issues the last couple shows I've been yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last one was awful. Yeah, so we're. Tra- I'm, I'm, I'm didn't here to come to class prepared. Yeah, it did not. No, I usually don't. <laughs> usually something's amiss. So uh, passion, passion and fury will see you through. So I got to ask this, if we could talk about this, how was it like teaching Paul Simon's daughter, like rock shop, like rock lessons? Were you like, could, you know, could you give her like real criticism and be like, Hey, listen, you're, you're dragging tempo here. You know, like, yeah, I, I think she would say for sure that I did. I don't know if in the end we really left on good terms or not, but, Ooh. um Uh-oh. well she was a staff member and like i had to like hey you got to go to work and she's like but i'm tired and i'm like well, we're all tired um and she she did the job she did fine don't get me got wrong. it, got it. Uh, you can't be she, like me head counseling taking naps in my my cabin <laughs> and having you know keeping my keeping my uh my radio on just a little bit so if i heard my name i'd wake up you know yeah. <laughs> all the head counselors do that <laughs> yeah you can't be I like know. me you gotta actually be in the rock shop teaching Uh, these kids yeah but kids loved her it was great but um yeah i mean definitely because because that's the job and like she's not famous she's not paul simon she's lulu simon oh i said her name can you edit that now now we're in trouble yeah (laughs) now we're in trouble actually she's she's of age now so it probably doesn't matter but i'm sure you could do a google of paul simon's kids or whatever and she'll come up so it's (laughs) it's okay fair (laughs) enough uh, but yeah, I remember actually Paul came to the camp one time to see his kids perform and whatnot. And everybody's like milling about him. And I'm like, man, I've worked with this kid for like four years. I think I can have a right to go talk to her parent. And uh, so I said, Which hey, you would normally, right? Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. A normal parent. 
And so uh, I said, hey, I'm Mark. I run Rock Shop. And he's like, How, how's Lulu doing? And I was like, yeah, she doesn't really. She writes some songs, but she doesn't do much else. And oh, she wrote man. great songs. Like, <laughs> And he just looked at me and he's like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. And that was it. That was a conversation I had with, uh, with him. Yeah. Yeah, he's really reclusive. Like, yeah. he he doesn't want to talk to people. No, I mean, you're that big. You're the you know that famous. You just, I wouldn't want to talk to people either. Yeah, yeah, and you know, what, you know like, what are they? What is are most people going to talk to him about? Like, yeah. Oh, I love this song. Uh, yeah, I wrote cool. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, when you wrote that song, "Diamonds on the Soles of Your Shoes," yeah. Cool, I like that song too. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just can't imagine that's a good conversation. No, no. Like I, I think it though. There's so many people that want to be famous, and uh, I think it's really misplaced because when I, we've all envisioned what it's like, right? Right. And like, when I start to think about, it, I'm like, okay, if you're super famous, you can't like go outside. You can't like go to the corner deli or something. Right. Like. It's really a bother. And plus, all these people are going to come up and talk to you about how they know you. Right. And you're never going to get to know them. Exactly. Like, and then then, then you look at someone like Tom Cruise, who literally built a religion around, you know, so that he got that insulation of like, he got he has a whole religion to do anything he needs. He doesn't have to go out. He can have someone. He literally can go be like, hey, I need a new wife. And they'll go find women to bring to him. <laughs> so i guess when you're that big you that's all i'm saying about that (laughs) i got the uh i got the weed eater the blower guy outside now i I thought i could get a little you can't hear him good 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 give us a spin let me see what your what your uh what your whole thing looks like here it's uh... nice i've never seen the front yard i only seen the backyard What's yeah. the green thing? Is that the... Uh, That's the dumpster. For what? The basement? For the basement. For all the... Uh, so we're getting our basement finished. So we got, you know, construction going on. So, and uh, we got a dumpster in our front yard. And within days of getting the dumpster, I had two neighbors that were like, yo, let me let me put some stuff in that dumpster. And I was like, hold on. Slow your roll. Like, let, let you know, let's, let, let's finish the job first before you're filling up my dumpster with your stuff, you know? But it's cool. They're not, they're not putting too much stuff in it. Yeah, they'll sneak out late at night. Yeah. Yeah, putting stuff in my dumpster. The cattle get in there. Yeah. So right, you're in Colorado, something. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm out there. If if I lived in the states, I, that that would be high on my list of. States. No pun intended. Literally high, uh, in every single way. <laughs> Elevation. That's half the United States now, man. It's true. When I was in New York last summer weed had become legal and i just smelled it all over the city and i was like man new york was sketchy enough and now all you dudes are high too i know yeah high-end guns i smelt it at the airport at laguardia i was like oh geez somebody's smoking a joint or blunt outside of laguardia which by the way has gotten a wonderful renovation i will say it was really really nice nice it's really was really yeah it's really nice but smelled like weed yeah so (laughs) it's still tough to smoke in the street though right yeah, it's a little tough. No, isn't it legal anywhere that uh, you can smoke yeah. a cigarette? Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's legal, but they had not um, rolled out the whole, like, uh, who's 
getting the licenses to, to to sell it yet and all that and all the storefronts. But they are one thing they were doing is they're going to do all New York based, so everything grown in New York is going to be sold in New York. Okay, sure. And then also they're prioritizing people who have criminal records of marijuana to get the first licenses. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is kind of nice. That's kind of oh. nice. Is it cool? I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm they, sure they, there's some sort of downside to that. Sure. But... I'm sure they're the, you know, like don't give it to like Johnny who used to sell in the corner, but maybe, you know, some some higher up the food chain guy who used to grow it or something. I don't know. Yeah. And no uh, violent criminal right record. Yeah, I'm sure. So here here's something that uh, was in the news this week, music related that I, I wanted to get your opinion on. So Roger Waters we all know him and love him from Pink Floyd, was up in uh, Quebec, I believe. And he was getting an interview from, um, I don't know if it was a Rolling Stones uh, guy, but he was like a big rock guy. And um, he didn't review the show in Quebec or Toronto, I think, and uh, went to a weekend show instead and reviewed that. And Roger during the interview with this guy goes, I am far, far, far more important than Drake or The Weeknd. You should have reviewed my show. <laughs> He's just such an ass. But I mean, is that true? Is, is Roger Waters in the end more important than Drake and The Weeknd? Well, I don't know or what kind of algorithm to, to come up with to figure out which artists are more important is it by listeners or or is it by influence relevant even you know yeah well i mean he may not be as relevant as the weekend at this point no exactly the weekend's pretty big the weekends and drake are actually drake Drake is huge drake has probably sold more records than you know pink floyd ever did and roger waters is probably not really doing something that different from his last tour no no it's all political. you heard it here guys you heard it here on dave and giggles <laughs> no it's true but I, I got a kick out of roger being roger waters because that's what he does as, as todd snyder likes to say i am not expressing my opinion to change your mind but to ease my own I used to love Todd snyder he was a good man todd snyder oh todd snyder he's a Singer songwriter. Right. <laughs> so what else is going on out there? I had to move up to my kids' room. Because it's noise <laughs> noise everywhere. Noise I just don't have my space anymore. My is space that a real is gone. Brick behind you? No, it's uh Harry Potter oh. <laughs> platform. <laughs> and there, here's my cat. That's that's my kitty. What's so, the name of that cat? That's Jerry. Jerry's a good cat. Oh man, uh, when's are do you come over to the states at all, or when when's the next time you're coming over here? What's yeah, the, uh... I'm not plan. I don't have any plans right now. Uh, you know, I was looking at coming for a performance weekend at the camp to see my kids perform, but when I did that last year, like I only saw them on the stage because they're so busy doing so many different things, and it's a lot of effort and money um, to not really hang out with my kids, so we all kind of decided it'd be fine for me to hang here and we'll watch the videos of the performances when they get back. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm just doing this. I'm just, 
hanging out with us. Stressing out over, was that beat a little bit ahead or behind? To quantize or not to quantize? Hey, let's go down that rabbit hole. To quantize. So, I feel like, I feel like you're going to combust if you step outside. You know, it's like so hot. Too hot. You can't go outside. You got, but do you have AC there? You got, you got AC in your house or no? Oh no, there's like hardly any AC in all of England. Yeah, they don't really the, do AC in in Europe. The average high in London in July is 21, I think. Uh, that's like Celsius, 80, right? so that's like 73. 70, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah like. They are you okay? Are you sweating? What's you? You look okay. Like you look like you're fine. Is it? Oh, like I open is it like up 100... the house at night and let the cold air come through, and then you know when the temperature. Oh, it's nighttime there. Up, I forget that it's nighttime. I think yeah. that you're and also, in, yeah. It it cooled <laughs> off. Like it only hit twenty eight, which I don't know what that is. Eighty five, maybe. It's still pretty warm. Still yeah. pretty warm. But I mean, it's very livable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But I mean, I think what I was reading the other day is that like even when like a couple days ago, even at night, it was still like in the eighties or twenties, whatever it's going to be over there. But like it was still hot at night, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, last night was, and the night before was. So, but it was only two days. Like, so you're good. New York's going through it right now. New York's in the 90s for the next week. Yeah, and it'll be a week, right? Yeah, it'll be a at week. least. Yep. Yeah, and all that concrete, like, yeah, I know. Look I at you guys see. talking about the weather. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into another topic conversation you wanted to talk about. Where have all the bands gone? Where have all the bands and gone? And is Guitar Lame now? Is Guitar And lame is now? Guitar Lame now? They're, I think they're related. They are related. Those are very related. Because like, even, even like the duos out there, and these aren't brand new, but like uh, Black Keys and uh, Royal Blood. Is it Royal Blood? Um, I, like, they've got such killer sounds, but then it's like, it's just two people. Yeah. And there's something to me that's lacking in that. Like when you get to a three, four, five piece band, you suddenly have so much more intricacy and the the different voices that are contributing to the creation of the song, I think really makes a difference rather than just having that like singular voice. But yeah, it's so like easy that. with a laptop to make a song. Right. And even live. Like I uh last night um beach house was in new york city and like they're their duo and like a lot of their sound is just coming from a laptop and then they kind of play over top of it yeah well even so many bands i listen to a lot of metal that doesn't seem to come out in my music these days but it's what i listen to most you just get older it's tough to play you know yeah i can't take myself seriously (laughs) (laughs) i'm angry that i have a pretty good life (laughs) Um, Do you have to be angry to play metal? Is that is it is it true? I don't think so. Not anymore. Um, but a lot of these guys are playing with tracks live. Like mm. there's backing tracks that are playing and it multiple click tracks going to the different players that are playing in a different time signature. Um yeah, it's just it's the way things are, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Um, I had a uh, an idea a, a couple of years ago that I think would revolutionize music. If you went and took all the popular songs that are out today, like all the songs that you hear in commercials, which we didn't have, we didn't sell out when we were in our 90s, but now you have to sell out to be a band, to be be famous. But 
regardless of that, if you took all these big songs, The Weeknd, all these big songs, and you replaced all of the click drums, whatever beeps and boops that are in that song with real drums, I think you would have a much better music scene. I think so too. And by real drums, this comes back to quantizing again. Uh, is that getting too technical for the audience? Uh, for, uh, for Mike it is. Yeah, a little bit. But this if is I'll radio. Define it, yeah. If I'll yeah. define it really quick, yeah. quantizing, I can actually play a drum set into, I use Logic as my recording software. And I can, I can play that all into the software to a click track. And then I can just tell it, line up every single beat to the nearest eighth note, nearest 16th note. And it'll do that. And you can't, you can't hear a sonic difference. But to me, the big thing that happens is when I'm listening to John Bonham or Pearl Jam or like anybody that I, I typically listen to, my head's bobbing. And part of that is it's me trying to interpret it, in, <laughs> interpret it interpret the the rhythm of it because there's a push and a pull like maybe the beat one is a little bit ahead by the kick drum but a little behind by the guitarist and the snare may be ahead on beat two and this kind of thing and that's part of that human element that we talk about when mm. we're when we're listening to music and now not only are people quantizing the live drums and replacing even the sound of the drums with a different sample but they're they'll just play in drum they'll just like digitally create a drum you can actually get software that just like logic actually has a great software in it that creates a drum beat for you right and i mean even sounds even awesome guitar or a garage band has it yeah They're like yeah and so I, I think the question isn't is a guitar lame i think is drum real drums lame i think yeah that's really what has gone yeah they sound like old men now you know, <laughs> but it, I well, that's what this is going to be. Yeah, we we've lost that element of, you know, of human human beat where everything yeah. now is quantized. Where that like, groove, you know, we used to always talk about groove and that or feel. Mm -hmm. Feel may be a better word for it, because um, people will still talk about a groove, and what they mean is the actual order of the beats and order of the sounds making the beat. Right. Um, and where, why have we gone away from that? Do we want to become computers? Is that what it is? Um, <laughs> Elon Musk wants us to, right? This is true. He wants to implant things in our brain. Yeah, we, we need to be able to be assimilated into the AI. Well, isn't there something now that isn't there like a computer software program that like develops beats that will like will make people remember them and they're like, oh, that's catchy. And this like this BPM, right? Isn't there like a formula now that they have with all the uh, electronic music that they can just like say, this is going to work. This is going to make people love it, right? Or no? Is I that think just... a lot of that, that formula has existed for a long time at 120 BPM, I think. That's why we're in four. Everything's in yeah. four, you know? The... People I know still that, love uh, four. Um, Rivers Cuomo tried to like come up with like the equation for, of writing the perfect pop song. I don't think he did it, but he tried. <laughs> if do you, uh, Mark, do you need any help with your inspiration for your song now? Do you want to play us a couple licks and see what we think? We'll do a live audit. What do you, what do you think? We're, we'll You're we'll really help into you. this audit thing today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we? Can I swear if, on this? Is this? Yeah. A, yeah. 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 Okay. So I had a funny moment today. I'm I'm doing so. 
the working title for the album is Echoes of Heroes because every th- song I do, it's like, oh, this is my Wilco song and this is my Rancid song. You know, these different bands that I, I love and I'm, pr- it, I'm very purposely like, yeah, okay, I'm going to keep that in mind as I write the song. So whether it's appropriation or tribute is up for the listener to sure. decide later but on. But that's always been the case, hasn't it, really? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, everybody, like, you know, has their influences uh so i was uh i had in my head this chorus for this punk song that's gonna be that is about um a friend of mine that took his own life and his suicide note referenced that his dad had done some really terrible things to him when he was young oh jeez, that's what led to it and uh so i i thought man this is like like a rancid song would be the perfect song to like address this because i also thought that rancid was willing to like talk about the downtrodden and whatnot and tell it like it was and so uh i had the the chorus is the beginning of a suicide note Mm. and uh which is gang vocals and i had it in my head with a little bit of a melody and uh and then when i put it to the chords it didn't fit with the chords so today i'm sitting here you know half naked in the heat my my window's open and I'm strumming my guitar, trying to figure out what the melody should be, going like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> fuck. And, and I'm just, it was kind of surreal as I'm like trying to figure out the harmony of this like really like terrible thing. And uh, so, I don't know if that's what your neighbor. No, no, geez, th- this is. <laughs> I think this will be a blues for Gary Thompson. Got it. Got it. Is is that, uh, is that his dad? (laughs) Uh, That's a bit of a play on what his real name was to protect the, the living dad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't know his dad. I don't I have no idea what's happened to his dad, Um, but I, I, I still know the rest of his family. So it's pretty rough. Pretty rough. Gotcha. Did you think your the neighbors heard? Is that do you think? Yeah. Well, I didn't even realize the windows were open. So then I'm actually recording the gang vocals, and I'm like, I'm belting it out. You know, like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh man, like what they must think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if a cop shows up, like so they they think some poor eighty year old is in here getting yelled at by a middle aged man. Excuse me, sir. Is your dad okay? Is your dad all right? Yeah. I'm actually worried, like, uh, as I release it, it's like, are people going to think I'm talking about my dad because they can't, you know, it's a punk song. Maybe they don't understand me mumbling out the lyrics or whatever. So it's almost like I need to put, like, my dad and I are cool. You could. My life is good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got no problems with my dad. We're, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about your, your friend taking his own life, but I do want to say, like, you know, it is a good thing that you're, making this song for him and like kind of commemorating him with this song. Yeah. And uh, I will say a lot of time has passed. So, yeah, but it's a like, and he was, he was like one of my best friends when I was a young boy and then we kind of fell apart. Well, we just, you know, I went to university and whatever, we didn't see each other. Um, so British then, of you. <laughs> yeah, no, it happens. <laughs> College. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's just a, been a, a, a tragedy that's kind of been there. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do is just purge, purge some of these things that have been in me for a while. 
make it a little bit like therapy you know yeah it's supposed to be art is supposed to be yeah and i'm tired of music that like doesn't say anything mm-hmm. like i don't care if people listen to me and think it's corny or over the top or or whatever they're gonna think that's what they think that's their problem and but I'm, I'm just tired i'd rather listen to somebody like have an opinion that i disagree with in a song or tell a a story that means something to them that doesn't mean anything to me still then i it, then to like have a story that doesn't mean anything or not a story it's just love 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 or whatever you know like like the weekend drake the weekend. they're just talking about like getting high and you know me on my cell phone yeah that's that's <laughs> there's nothing there's no, no. Uh, like at least adele's latest album was like about her going through a divorce and like dealing with her son and stuff yeah you know yeah i gotta give credit to that i mean adele if you look at adele i mean it's just nothing but emotion and and like heartbreak and all that that's that's adele's whole thing yeah yeah and Did that's anybody, a big oh. draw to her i think yeah totally. is that she's real right and london or england loves her for it like she's she's like probably the biggest thing in over there right yeah um she should run for prime minister. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, what's going on with that? So what what what's the update? Is he out yet or what? Uh he's he's I think it's close. I think today it's supposed to break down to the last two finalists. It's like which, a, it's like it's like, it's like American Idol. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing like here we the people don't vote for a prime minister. You vote for a party and then the party that is in in power gets to choose who is the prime minister Ugh. and they typically vote the uh conservative angle with the what lorries what are they what are the uh conservatives? Tories, yeah. Tories, <laughs> the Tories. Tories, that's a truck yeah, right. history, history 101 english history 101 yeah. oh man uh so, what's your what's your go-to karaoke song what do you do you fight for I, your I, right to party by beastie boys that's a good one you didn't you didn't take long for that one no, I, I, I right got out. it. Yeah. yeah. And I can do it once and then my voice is gone. And then then it's back to the beers. They just turned um the um I can't remember which corner. I think it's on the lower east side. Somewhere on the lower east side, they just uh, made Beastie Boy Square, which is I think out front of one of the album covers. Okay. They called it Beastie Boy Square. So the New York will always love Beastie Boys, that's for sure. Yeah. I never got that far. I listened to a little bit of like that Intergalactic album. Was that the name of it? Yeah, Intergalactic. Planetary. And uh, of course, like I heard a lot of sabotage. I think I performed it before even. It's uh, so good. It's great. So yeah. yeah. But I never really li- listened to much beyond that first album. The um, Paul's Boutique. No. What am I thinking? What's the the one with the airplane on it? Oh, um, yeah. What is the name of that? It's been a while. <laughs> you guys are getting old. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that was like eighties. Yeah, that was, that was really, really old. Uh, I had the cassette that I bought at the Polk County Fair. I was so Jeez. excited. And Polk then, County, Texas, or Polk County, Florida? Polk County, Oregon. I'm from Oregon Polk- originally. Ah, uh, okay. I'm, uh, a little more backstory that I always like. Sure, to tell give it to us. People get a kick out of it. I'm from a town of sixty people. That was licensed to ill. Licensed to ill. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. All right, go ahead. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that cassette, I remember uh, if you held a mirror up to it, the numbers on the tail of the plane 
actually said eat me in the mirror yep and that was like when i was 10 that was fucking cool man i mean that was really cool when you were 10 i agree um so what was that the first cassette you ever owned first cassette i ever owned was huey lewis and the new sports i mean that's probably one of the best right there yeah great i still love huey yeah same huey Man, at the, camp, we didn't get many days off at all. And so, like, on the day, the evening that we got off, before the day off, I would always crank up. He has a song called Couple Days Off. And, it, like, everybody hated it because it's just this, like, old bar band rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but then they'd hear it and, like, okay, I want a couple days off, too. Great tune. It is a great tune. I think uh, I might have seen Huey Lewis in the news in concert. Maybe he, he did like his last touring uh, Gulfstream racetrack. And I think he, he did the power of love, right? That's the yeah. power of the, yeah. yeah. He definitely Fe- played back to the future. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely played like, but he was, you know, in his, his older, older days. So. Yeah. And uh, I think my second cassette was white snake slip of the tongue, which had one of the world's heaviest riffs on it ever of, um, Still the night. You doing double camera? What are you doing over there? Doing double Switching. camera. I, guess I like that. That's good. Nice, Can you? Right? <laughs> I like that. It's it's almost the same angle. It's, it's like almost. it's not very different. No, it's not very different at all. And whenever you switch to that one, you need to make sure you don't look at it. Just be like. Yeah. Like, like that. Somehow this became a trend where like the second and third cameras people don't actually look at. Right. You just gotta always be away from it. Yeah. All right. So what was the first show you ever saw? First show, Alice in Chains. Oh wow. Wow. Uh, music. It was the first night of their tour supporting Dirt, their second full length album. That's pretty awesome. Um what year was that? Ninety two? 90 yeah it would have been 91 or 92 yeah wild yeah geez was this in oregon yeah this had to be authentic just real salem armor wow yeah i mean they were big by that point they were um you know the explosion had happened that 91 yeah i wanted to call it the puget sound always it was coming out of seattle which the body of water there is called the puget sound yeah that that Nobody but they just went that. Seattle. They were like, we don't know. The grunge what scene. Did. What is this? Seattle yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was cool. And I, man, I remember it seemed so dangerous. Like me and my buddy Scott, we were like slowly getting closer into the pit. And this was back when mosh pits were mosh pits, man. Mm-hmm. Things have changed. You get an elbow to the eye. Yeah. And like, there's just constantly people on top of you, you know, like, and like, and we're just holding on to each other. We're like holding on to each other's flannels, right? Because we're wearing flannels. Because it's be. 91, 92. Yeah. And like, and like we, I saw somebody do drugs for the first time at this concert. I, it was probably just some weed, but I, to me, they were smoking crack in the mosh pit. And I, and, and like, it, then we're getting pushed around in the mosh pit and it's loud. My ears rang for like five days after it. And it was just the coolest freaking experience I had ever had. I don't know if I even heard any of the music or saw the band. I was just so enamored by the experience. I tried to do a mosh pit. Well, it was was semi mosh pit once it was for Andrew WK concert in Tampa. And I got, I was in the, I had the pit for a second. Like somebody 
like jacked me in the back of the head, like took a shot. To the, and I was like, why, why did I, why did I do this? You're this is terrible. Cause yeah, I'm too soft for this. I can't, and the, you know, but yeah, no, thanks. I, uh, I like to sit on the edge, the, the outside, the outside. Who's your first concert, Mike? Mike, who's your first concert? I think it might've been like, my dad took me to like BB King. I think it was BB King or uh, who was the other guy? It's a big guy. Bob Dylan, maybe. It was like, oh, yeah, it, but it was, I mean, but this was like, you know, 97, 90, well, 94, 95, you know? So it was like a while ago. That was, I mean, yes, it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago, concert. but it was, it wasn't like Dylan in this, obviously you guys know I, I didn't go to Dylan in like the sixties or seventies. You weren't alive. This, I, weren't, I wasn't alive. This was yeah. like, yeah. yeah but I look saw at, him in like 97. That was fun. Look, look at what we saw in the nineties though. Uh, if you were going to concerts in the 90s i mean like i saw soundgarden i saw pantera a couple Ooh. times in in that same in a 3000 person venue like it was it was the real deal man this was not a safe place to be and then uh Alice in chains of course uh nirvana you know and like these are all bands that have really like turned out to be culturally significant mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like you're saying about the 60s and you know like seeing the beatles obviously would have been crazy but right. um but i don't i don't see it, it's my middle ageness i think but i don't i don't see like culturally relevant icons out there right now or maybe i'm just not listening to enough modern music right, we got to get you some new music, music. we got to get you some we got to get this guy inspired i feel yeah. like he's you know right. i think there's a mixture because i think like i've talked to like my girlfriend like beyonce concerts i heard that they're like the greatest shows they're i could see amazing, that yeah. you know? so i'm sure there are there's there's things out there that are amazing and i think like a lot now there's like the 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 tour or the uh, festivals there's like festivals where it's just yeah. like tons you're going to see groups of di different bands and i think yeah we had that a little bit in the 90s but it wasn't nearly as what it is now cool. you know well and especially here in well I, I haven't lived in the states for so long but in england like right now there's a different festival every week well it's too hot it's not just the weekend you know <laughs> yeah. like the like the weekend the band the guy the weekend that weekend i'm sure he's playing one of them I'm sure okay. yeah there's uh, there's festivals every weekend in the summer now yeah it's, it's wild um the i was actually just talking about this over the over the weekend bring the weekend <laughs> back up but that's that's why i brought it up of the first first concert you ever saw mine well i think i was like 12 and i was i don't know if you guys are aware of um of a little place called rye playland which is in in uh like on the outskirts of the city um the movie Big, when he goes and and oh, yeah. goes to find the the thing to make his wish again, that was at Rye Playland, and um, so I was there. It's like this roller coaster, like crappy little roller coaster place. And when we were about to leave, it was like getting dusk out, and over in the corner, under a tree, was a band playing. And I went and I hung out, and I watched them for a little while, and I, in the end, I went over and they all signed my hat. And it, they were the meat puppets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first thing I ever saw live, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, I think like a lot of people, I first ran into the meat puppets when they performed two songs with Nirvana on their unplugged set. Yeah. That, that's what made them kind of uh, 
really big. But I mean, they had some good songs though. They yeah, they did. Good songs. Yeah. Yeah. The unpl- uh, the unplugged was great. Like that was just I just remember watching that, and my dad had the surround system, and so we you know we watched the Nirvana, we watched the was it the Cranberries or the who was it the oh gosh I mean it, uh, the, uh, the you know what I'm talking Chains about was one of the best I think Alice in Chains was one of the the, the best unplugs. They yeah, actually had tunes that that would work in the environment too, yeah. so that was good. Oh, that, that was part of the appeal of Nirvana is like their songs generally did not play towards being acoustic right but they worked i mean because they were good written songs yeah if you have a good song you could translate it into any any adaptation of music i think any genre and it'll work absolutely it 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 works across the board like most good songs like you like you take a nirvana i think there's been um remake of smells like teen spirit in like a very dance song i've heard that you know Mm -hmm. and like um I know that there was a song that the Scissor Sisters did of Pink Floyd. I think "Run Like Hell" that was like very dancey and like it just across the board. If you could write a good song, it'll translate yeah. to any genre. The jazz guitarist, if you want to call him a guitarist, uh, Charlie Hunter, uh, did a "Smells Like Teen Spirit" as a jazz tune. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. See, transpose. See, and I I know who Charlie Hunter is. You do. So there you go. There you go. Quantize. Quantize. We got to get the band back together. It's been a, it's been too long, man. It's been a, maybe we need to go over to England or Ireland. If I go to Ireland, will you, will you meet me over there? Do you have time? You, you work, you got a job. You can't. Yeah. It depends on when it happens. Cause when I work, I work a lot, but then I get all these vacation times. That's nice. Yeah. It's, I, I prefer that. Like if I'm working, I might as well be working. Not yeah. half-assing it, you know, or writing songs. Now you're just writing songs. Yeah, you have a, uh, a a job to get us the ten song LP by uh, end of day. So you better really start <laughs> cracking on that. <laughs> Don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> um, that that about wraps it up. That about wraps yeah. up our hour. Cool. It's good time. Mark, that went fast. Mark, good hang. Yeah, yeah. It does. They say I've that been, a lot. I've been so alone in this house. It's been nice just to talk to some humans. Anytime Can, you want to come back, let us know. We can hey, just sit and talk for hours, really. And a couple beautiful humans of that. So yeah. I, I always look for sound bites. I think that was a great sound bite, Dave. That was a great <laughs> sound bite. Take that and run with it. I've been uh yeah, we got during this pan the pandemic, we had a lot of people that were just like, Yeah, we we'd love to chat with you guys. Yeah. Let's, uh yeah, I could I could use I was big into the zooms. I, I really liked because yeah. we you know I think Dave and Giggles really um hit a uh, golden era during the pandemic like we talked to tons of people and they were really great and uh it yeah. was really easy because you just turn your zoom on and then all of a sudden you're talking to someone in australia or massachusetts or california wherever it worked out yeah. well uh before we go last thing i like to do this with all the guests do you have any uh, show and tell items that you'd like to show do you have anything cool that you can uh you, you can show us saying that then they can think look about but it. they know then they get to look around real quick and then they, i know everyone has I, that panic moment of being like oh shit. what i think is cool <laughs> um did i lose my audio no you're no, good you're good okay i think it's switching to my other mic or something but anyways but built a bunch of like diffusers Ooh. and absorbing panels and 3d printed some diffusers for my Oh, I definitely lost my mic. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Um, and uh, yeah, I just really gotten into the science of acoustics Ooh, and okay. made listening to and recording and mixing music so much better. Yeah. Hearing that like soundproof room sounds so good. Uh, so I want to say you have a 3D printer. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I think that's the show and tell. They're pretty cheap now, man. Yeah. Like, I think it was like 300 quid. That's like and, uh, it's 500 it's, American. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I think. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not that much. We're, we, we've slipped a little bit since Brexit. Yeah, you can see that. And then the euro is even with the dollar right now. So it's below, I think. Below, right? yeah. Is it really? Yeah. We try to talk a little financial stuff. You know, we try to cover all the bases. We're, we're so good at that. We're so good at finance. <laughs> yeah, I should probably not spend my time writing songs, but actually being good with money would probably be a lot better. We all should a little for, bit, you know? For, but here we are. All right, that wraps it up for us. Mark, it was good hanging out with you, buddy. Absolutely, man. We'll it's been a pleasure. Time. Nice to meet you, Dave. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. I'll see everybody next time. Good show. What do you think so far?